Well, praise the Lord. This is Pastor Jerry bringing the Word of God to you. Praise the Lord. We've been doing some studies through the book of Acts, and we're just going to kind of jump right on in there. Today, we're going to go to, the cha uh, to chapter 20 of the book of Acts. Chapter 20, please. Bringing out another principle or two, praise God, concerning uh, uh, the book of Acts. Just things we can glean and learn. Praise the Lord. And I'm going to go to uh, verse 17. And read through this, and then I think what we'll do is we'll back up and then dissect this a little bit. But uh, verse 17 of the book of Acts in chapter 20, from uh, Miletus to, uh, or pardon, from Miletus he sent to Ephesus, there we go, and called for the elders of the church. And when they had come to him, he said to them, You know from the first day that I came to Asia in what uh, manner I always lived among you. In other words, I lived clean, I lived right among you, serving the Lord with all humility, with many tears and trials, which happened to me uh, by the plotting of the Jews, how I kept back nothing uh, that was helpful, but proclaimed it to you and taught you publicly, right, and from house to house, all right, testifying to Jews and also to Greeks, repentance toward God and faith toward our Lord Jesus Christ, and see now, I go bound in the Spirit to Jerusalem, not knowing the things which will happen to me there, except that the Holy Spirit testifies in every city, in other words, word by word, there's a Spirit, the Spirit of the Lord's giving him a word all the time, in every city saying that chains and tribulation await me. But none of these things move me, nor do I count my life dear to myself, so that I may finish my race with joy and the ministry which I received from the Lord Jesus to testify to the gospel of the grace of God. Praise God. Today we're going to talk about finishing our race. Amen. How many know we're called to finish our race? Praise God. Uh, the scripture in this verse 24 in the message translation says that what matters most to me is to finish what God started, the job the Master gave me to do. Praise God. What matters most, this is the message translation, what matters most is, uh, or most to me, is to finish what God started. In other words, the job that the Master gave me to do, praise God. And the, the, the point today that we're going to bring out is the importance of just purposing to finish your race, praise God. Get this thing done, praise God. You know, a lot of us have had glorious uh, testimonies when it comes time to coming into the kingdom. Uh, receiving Jesus as our Lord. I mean, a lot of folks have some great testimonies. Mine's kind of boring. Uh, you know, when I uh, received Jesus, I mean, I had been to a group of meetings and hearing things being taught and, and people teaching me about, you know, really giving me a, a better understanding of, of who our God was. And uh, I really, during those meetings, did nothing really other than I just kind of, you know, sat there and took it all in. But shortly after that, I was just driving down the road and I just kind of been chewing on all of this. And I finally just said to the Lord, I just said, Lord, if you can do anything with a guy like me, then here I am. I'm all yours. Praise God. And I just committed my heart to the Lord as I was driving down the road. Amen. And obviously it stuck because that was whatever now, probably close to, uh, probably getting close to, I don't know, maybe 40 years ago when I did that. Maybe not quite that many, but getting close to that. And, uh, so I've been serving the Lord a lot of years on what maybe we would say kind of a boring testimony when it comes time to coming into the kingdom. But a lot of folks have had just glorious 
testimonies when they came in the kingdom. You know, zing, zang, zow, bow. You know what I mean? Something just glorious happened, and man, they come into the kingdom, and, and all of that is wonderful. Man, I love to hear those kind of testimonies, and you do too. But how many know it really doesn't matter how well and how big and all that kind of stuff as far as you coming into the kingdom? What matters most is how we're going to finish this thing. That's what matters most, praise God. And so regardless of how great and glorious it was you come in, I want to know, can you finish the same way, praise God? And we're going to talk about that today, talk about finishing our race. In fact, the scriptures, other references, Hebrews 12 and 1 says this, let us run with endurance, right? The race that is set before us. Philippians 3 and 14 says, press toward the goal for the prize of the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. Praise God. We're called to endure. We're called to press forward. 1 Corinthians 9 says, Do you not know that those who run in a race all run, but one receives the prize? Run in such a way that you may obtain it. Again, that's 1 Corinthians 9 and 24. Praise God. So run in such a way. In other words, do what it takes, amen, to obtain that prize. Do what it takes to finish. Amen. We endure. We keep pressing forward. Amen. We do what it takes to get to the end. And that's what we're going to talk about today. And what I'm going to do is back up in this text a little bit and show you some things. Amen. Uh, just kind of, you know, bring some things to light. Paul brought this out in that verse 24. He said, but none of these things move me. You know, none of these things move me. All right. So I want to first talk, what's he talking about? about none of these things move me. What are the things he's talking about? Now, most might just read, you know, the verse prior to that and just talk about just the thing he said there. But I think if you back up there, there's multiple things that you'll find in this text that can be those kind of uh, areas that become this temptation to quit, okay? These areas that press on us as believers. And I believe the same thing was with Paul, amen, uh, these pressures are there. They're, they're there to kind of knock you off your faith. They're there to try to get you to quit. Okay, and so we want to talk about that. So if he said none of these things move me, then that's what I want to do. I want to get to the place where none of these things move me, whatever these things are. Well, let's back up and look at a few of them, okay? So if you go to verse 19, he says, Serving the Lord with all humility and with many tears and trials which happened to me, by the plotting of the Jews, all right? Okay, how I kept back nothing. It was I poured my guts into this thing, and that was helpful, but proclaimed uh, to, pardon me, proclaimed it to you and taught you publicly uh, and from house to house, amen? Now, if you kind of, you go a little bit further or in the chapter, I think it's like around verse 31, and it says that for three years, okay, for three years, that's quite an investment, for three years, amen, that he pressed, amen, he pressed and taught and warned everybody, it says, night and day, it says, with tears, which is kind of a key word there, testifying to Jews and also to the Greek, repentance toward God and faith toward our Lord Jesus Christ. So, verse 19, with many tears and trials. He said, with all humility, in other words, I maybe I better define that. The word humility here, this word anyway, means humbleness of mind, which a lot of times you kind of see that. Uh, humbleness or uh, you, you know, uh, lowliness of mind is another definition, but it also means this, humiliation or loneliness of mind. I thought that was kind of interesting when I saw that in the definition, when you look that word up, uh, loneliness of mind. So it's talking about something here. 
it's actually not just dealing with just a thought per se, but now it's kind of dealing with this thing of emotions, your feelings, that kind of stuff. So that's why when he talks about through with tears, all right, with tears and trials, okay, and he's talking about, you know, I've poured my guts into this for three years, and you know as well as I do, if you've been in the, involved in the kingdom of God for very long, been serving, uh, you know, at a church or in a ministry for very long, you know sometimes you pour a lot into it before you start getting some return. You know what I mean? Sometimes you may pour into this and pour into this thing. And he literally says, with tears, which is referring to really an, an emotional thing. It's an emotional thing. He said, for three years I did this. He said, with tears. Man, I said, I mean, I've been praying and believing God. I'm pouring my guts into this, man. And so we're seeing that there's this emotional pressure uh, that's on him, which is no different than you and me. If we're, if we're involved with any type of ministry, or maybe you're believing God for your family, and you're pouring your guts in the area of prayer and, and you know, sharing and trying to get them to turn, you know, turn and, and or turn toward God, you know. I mean, there's all kinds of ways of looking at this, but the bottom line is the enemy sometimes, just through our emotions, tries to get us caught up in things. And if you don't watch it, you let those emotions get the best of you, Pretty soon, man, you're, 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 you got the temptation of quitting, backing up, not, not pushing forward anymore because, I, you know, I'm tired of being told no or I'm tired of being mocked or I'm tired of, 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 of just seeing the opposite play out. I'm tired of pouring all my time and energy into something that isn't, isn't producing anything. You might have all those kind of things happening. So first and foremost, the things that he said here, none of these things are going to move me. One of those things, praise God, is an emotional pressure that might be on you based on all the time, energies, and efforts that you put into these things, praise God. And you as a child of God, have got to remember, those kind of things cannot move you. Now, the emotion, actually the word emotion is a Latin word, which means uh, to move from, all right? It means an internal motion or a moving of the mind. In other words, it's referring to a reaction that happens as a result of things going on. Now, these may be things that, that have been progressive that have happened over the years, just like he's taught here. For three years, I poured my guts into this, uh, this ministry, praise God. I poured my time and energy and efforts into this region, all right? It could be, uh, you know, whatever you're dealing with could be, you know, something that's a progressive of things that's happened over years of time. But understand this, that emotions, for the most part, a reaction, an emotional reaction is more about a moment than it is anything else. And you have to understand that. Okay, it may have been a progressive uh, time and, and things that have happened over the years or over uh, months or over days or whatever it is, but you have to understand that every decision you make based on your emotions is still about a moment. It's about where you are at that moment. And you got to settle it. None of these things move me. I'm not going to let my emotions get the best of me. Praise God. Hallelujah. Hope you're hearing this. Amen. Hallelujah. Some say, well, you know, I've been praying. I've been, uh, you know, every time I pray, I've been crying. I, you know, just like he says here, through much tears, you know. And how many know, though, it isn't the tears that gets the job done? Tears don't move God. In fact, we know that, uh, you know, in Hebrews 12 with Esau, the scripture says this about Esau. He was uh, rejected and he found no place for repentance, though he sought it diligently with tears. So tears is not what moves God. Amen. Come on now, and of course, that's Hebrews 12 and 17. Tears don't move God. There's nothing wrong with tears. And I'm going to kind of, as a pastor here, I want to kind of give you that balance. God gave you emotions, and praise God for it, especially when everything's going good, right? I mean, hallelujah. But 
How many know that the emotions is not what you get, you're led by? Amen. Now, you're going to have emotional moments. You're going to have times of, uh, uh, where maybe it's going to be tears, but there could be tears of joy and tears of sadness. I mean, depending on what we're dealing with, depending on the emotion, depending on what's happening for the day. You know what I mean? So the point is that it's not the tears that moves God. It's faith behind that. It's the endurance. And you have to understand, for three years, I've been preaching it and teaching it and pouring my guts into this thing. And he says, even with tears, now it wasn't the tears that moved God. It was the consistency and staying with it. And pretty soon somebody began to grab hold of it, praise God. And then it began to multiply. And then you had more and then even more. And then pretty soon you got to move a God. Hallelujah. So I just want to let it be known that one of the things that we cannot let move us is emotional pressures. All right. Praise God for the emotions. But amen. Don't let them steer you. Don't let them dictate. Are you hearing me today? Hallelujah. Let's look now at verse 22 back down here. Here's a look at another one here. So one is emotional pressures. But he says here in verse 22, and see now I go bound in the spirit to Jerusalem. But here we go. Not knowing the things which will happen to me. In other words, there's a question mark. What's going what, you know, to happen here around the bend? Come on now. Not knowing the things that will happen to me there, except that the Holy Spirit testifies in every city, saying that chains and tribulations await. So in other words, he's saying, I don't know all the way of what's going to happen down the road here. I do know there is trouble ahead. Okay, I, everywhere I go, I'm getting a word, and people are saying, listen, there's trouble ahead. There's trouble ahead. You, you know, there's all kinds of words he got even by the Spirit, and uh, the elders would, would say, hey, this is what's going to happen. So there are certain things he did know. Now, my point with all of this, okay, we talked about the emotional pressures. Now we got this thing just more about, more about a mental pressure, okay? And I'm just going to kind of call it that way. I think really the emotions, mental, all of it kind of deals with the mind. But uh, the point I'm trying to make is, is that this mental pressure of not knowing what's really going to happen around the bend, but at the same time knowing that the thing, in other words, he did know, in other words, accept that, in other words, he did know, you know, the things that I do know, it ain't going to be fun. It ain't going to be pretty. Now, the point I think, uh, you know, when he says none of these things move me, that this, this next thing about the mental pressure, now, most mental pressure, I want you to hear this, and this is why I'm addressing this one, because most mental pressure is fear-based stuff. It's all fear-based thoughts. You know, the Word of God talks about, you know, the fear of death, for one, okay? And the Word says, you, you know, you can, you can walk free from the fear of death. It talks about in Hebrews 2. You know, you get to uh, 2 Timothy 1, and it's talking about literally the fear of the unknown, not sure what, you know, the fear of the unknown. You get to Romans 8, and you kind of look through there. He's talking about the, uh, the fear of, of making a mistake, the fear of failure, you know, that kind of stuff. All right, you get into, uh, uh, what's another one? Maybe I think Proverbs it brings out the fear of man. I think it's Proverbs 29, I believe it is, and 25, I believe, verse 25, I believe that's it. But anyway, it talks about the fear of men. In other words, there's all types of fear. When we're talking about moving forward in God, we're talking about, you know, involved in ministry, uh, doing the things, that, you know, working, uh, you know, alongside brethren, look, you know, trying to move a ministry forward, trying to move a church forward, uh, trying to just, you know, move yourself forward in the things of God. I mean, you've got so many things that are pressing against you. And you start talking about, you know, the mental pressure of, you know, just 
all the fear of what about this and what about that and, and is this going to happen? Is that going to happen? Am I going to do right? Am I going to fail? Am I, am, you know, am I making mistakes? Am I, uh, you know, am I going to live through this? I mean, there can be all kinds of fears that hit you. You know, what's everybody else thinking, okay? And when you think about fear, let me just give you some of the synonyms of the, the word fear when you find in Scripture. It's phobos in the, in the New Covenant. Okay, and that word phobos, we get our word phobia, okay? But the word phobos of fear means anxiety. Now think about this, anxiety, okay, worry, dread, panic, okay, apprehension, insecurity, intimidation, doubt. All of these are synonyms to this word phobos or fear, okay? So anytime any of those thoughts... See, they're fear-based thoughts that hit you. What it's trying to do is knock you off your faith, get you to quit. It's a temptation to back up, to slow down, to quit, to throw in uh, the towel, to, uh, you know, uh, to just uh, you know, give up and not, not move forward. Are you hearing me? And so these are all fear-based thoughts that try to hit you. Well, those same things were trying to hit Paul, but Paul made a decision. None of these things move me. I'm going to finish my race, praise God. None of these things move me. Not emotional pressures, not mental pressures. Are you hearing me today? Now, 2 Corinthians chapter 2 and verse 11 uh, says this. Um, it brings out, lest Satan should take advantage of us, for we are not ignorant of his devices. Just write that down. That's 2 Corinthians 2.11. He said this, lest Satan should take advantage of us. How many know you can give the enemy advantage? But it says, this is how he does it, okay? For we are not ignorant, okay, or unknowing of, right, his devices, okay? The word devices, if you study that out, it brings it down about thoughts. It's really about a mental, a mental attack. It's about uh, head games, mental trips. Are you, are you hearing me? Okay, this is, what, this is how the enemy works. And most of this stuff is through fear. He's trying to somehow mentally get you to quit Amen, through thoughts of fear. In fact, if you get a little further in 2 Corinthians and you get to chapter 10 and verse 5, all that area right there is talking about taking your thoughts captive. You know, he says, take every thought captive, right, into the obedience of, of the Lord Jesus. Amen, bring every thought into captivity, all right, which means several things. Number one is you're going to have to, you know, take authority over your thought life. Number two, that tells us we can take authority over our thought life. You actually can take every thought and, in a sense, take that thought and hold it up before God and see, is that something I need to meditate on or something I need to release? Amen. And that whole text in there in 2 Corinthians 10 is dealing with that. Amen. And we have to purpose in our heart to not let this stuff move us. Amen. Not the emotional roller coaster ride you might be on at the moment. Not this mental fear-based thoughts that are trying to hit you, depending on whatever it is you're going through. And I want to say this as, as, you're, as a pastor here, all right, we're not denying the existence of maybe the mess you're in. We're not denying the existence of what you're up against. We're not denying the existence or making some excuse or acting like it's not there. All these things that you might be uh, dealing with, might be face-to-face -face right now with some pressure at home, pressure with your business, pressure in your finance, pressure with your health, pressure with your families. I don't care what it is you're going with. I'm telling you, we're not, we're not acting like it, none of it exists. We're just telling you that if you don't watch it pretty soon, the enemy uses those things 
to emotionally uh, get you uh, to quit or get you mentally to quit because of fear-based thoughts. That's what he's up against. That's his game, okay? 99% of the time when the enemy's coming at you, it's all going to be right here. He's trying to beat you in the head. He's trying to beat you mentally is what I meant by that. Amen. And sometimes I might feel like he's hitting you with a hit. But anyway, the point is he's trying to beat you mentally. That's what he's trying to do. All right. So he'll try all these kind of fear-based thoughts or get you caught up in something emotionally. And pretty soon you're quitting. Pretty soon you're backing up. But we're called to finish this race, praise God. Amen. Not quit. Amen. And I refuse to let something move me, praise God. And I'm hoping that's where you're at today, praise God. Let's go down here a little bit further now. And let's look at something else because then he goes, uh, let's see, let's read verse 22 again. It says, and see now I go bound in the spirit to Jerusalem, not knowing the things that will happen to me there, except that the Holy Spirit testifies in every city, come on, everywhere I go, they're telling me this, saying that chains and tribulation await me. So not only is there emotional uh, you know, attack, not only is there mental attack, we're seeing even physical. This is all physical. And if you look these things up, like for instance, the word chains, okay, is uh, defined as, here we go, let me get my notes right here, it means shackles, bonds, fetters, it means uh, physical restraint, okay? So keep that in mind, physical restraint or imprisonment. Anytime you look up that word change, that's what it's referring to. So we know it's a physical thing here. It's not some spiritual thing we're talking about. It's a physical thing. He knows, and then of course we know by reading the book of Acts, there were many times he was, you know, shackled down, he was imprisoned, uh, you know it. So basically these words that he got were accurate, amen. So not only was he dealing with emotional battles, mental battles, but also physical battles. Are you hearing me today? Praise God. The word tribulation again, kind of where we've kind of using some of this, but it means pressure. It literally means pressure from trouble, okay? Pressure from trouble. Hardship, pressure from hardship, persecution, or opposition, which is kind of a key word here, okay? So tribulation means pressure from trouble, hardship, persecution, or opposition. Now, I want to just say this about this, okay? Because Again, we're not denying the physical attack, all right, that's out there, okay? Now, I don't know, I don't know what all you've had to go through, okay? Um, you know, I, I haven't had to go through as much persecution as Paul went through, um, and probably, to be honest, probably those I'm talking to probably even haven't been through as much persecution uh, and tribulation that Paul's been through. Okay, I understand that, uh, but at the same time, I'm not making light of all the things we have been through and, ha and are dealing with, maybe right now dealing with. Okay, I just want to say this. I want to kind of uh, bring a different kind of thought towards you on this. But if you know, if you look at the reference or just write it down in Acts 14 and verse 22, he says this, that we must through many tribulations enter the kingdom of God. We must through many, tribu many tribulations enter the kingdom of God. In other words, that word kingdom is rule, reign, or realm. So he's talking about coming into that, that realm of God or getting God you know, the movement of God or an atmosphere of God or an environment of God. That's what it's talking about in, in, in context. But it says, through tribulation, this pressure from trouble, we enter into it. That doesn't mean that you have to have that to get saved. That's not what he's talking about. The word enter means, is referring to like a doorway. Now, the point I'm trying to make is that we have to begin to see some of these physical attacks that are going on as doorways. Come on now, not a wall but a doorway, okay? 
Now, let me explain that to you, all right? What Paul was bringing out, what you're seeing here, he said, none of these things move me. What he was doing is he's turning opposition into an opportunity. And he did. He did just that. He would press through. He wouldn't let those things move him. So he would press through, and as an opera, and, and basically, once he went through that, pressed through that, it created an, another open door for God to move. All right. Now we've seen that even like when uh, you know in the Philippian jail, you know, he's sh he shackled down him and Silas, and man, they're I mean they're they're in a dungeon, man. This ain't there ain't nothing fun about what they're going through, and they're all shackled down. He just begins to worship and praise God, Amen. And I might even touch on this a little bit later here again, but but he, they just begin to praise and worship God, and all of a sudden, man, God began to move. The the whole jail cell, everything shook literally shook the shackles off, shook the doors open, praise God. That's a move of God. I mean, I'm telling you. So when they pressed through and they didn't let it move them, instead, they saw that pressure as an opportunity, all right? And when they went through, they went through that doorway. They did not allow that to move them. They pressed through it, and when they did, it gave room for God to move. Now, hang on to that. Okay, listen to this. All right, we are to view opposition as a doorway, not a wall, as a way in and not a way to be held out. We view opposition as an entrance and not a hindrance. Please hear this, okay? We view oppos uh, oppos pardon me, opposition as a portal and not an obstacle. We view it as a stepping stone, come on now, and not just a roadblock. We, op we see, uh, hallelujah, every bit of opposition as a doorway of opportunity. All right. Now listen to this, okay? When I, I believe this is what Paul had a revelation of, or one of the revelations he had. When you go back and you look at many of our patriarchs of faith, look at like Daniel. What do you think of when you think of Daniel? First thing you think of is the lion's den. Even though Daniel, I mean, had an awesome life, man, and a prayer life and all that, but most people, first thing they think of is the, is the lion's den. You, you, you mentioned Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, some patriarchs of faith, right? First thing, when you mention them, what do you think of? Amen. You don't think about all their life and all the great things. They, all you can think about is the fiery furnace. When you think of David, King David, even though there's a lot of cool things that, that King David did and all the things, you know, the ups and downs, but all the things that he did was right. But the first thing you think of when you think of David is what? The giant, right? Goliath. Are you hearing me? I'm telling you. See, every opposition, when you press through it, it's what helps define your life. Now, I'm not praying for opposition, and please don't you pray for opposition because God's not the author of the opposition, all right? You have an enemy that's opposing you. But if you will press through it and not let it move you, you're giving God room to do something supernatural on your behalf. Just press through it, believe God, trust in God, and keep moving forward. Don't let it be a thing that backs you up or causes you to quit, praise God. Don't let it move you. We have a race to run, praise God. We have a, a race to finish, praise the Lord. Are you hearing me today? Amen. And, and so I want you to know that every one of those patriarchs of faith, that that opposition, they saw it as an, as an opportunity. They saw it as a doorway that they pressed on through it. And as a result of it, it defined their life. It defined their ministry, all right? So I'm just going to ask a quick question before I move on here, and that is this. What's defining you today? Are you quitting every time the pressure's on? Or are you pressing forward, praise God, regardless of how much pressure? 
whether we're talking an emotional pressure, a mental pressure, or some physical pressure of some sort. Whatever it is. And I know there's other things, but those are the main things. You could pretty much categorize everything kind of under those things. And the point is this. These are all attacks of the enemy trying to get you to back up and quit so you don't finish the race you're called to finish, praise God. So amen, praise God. So keep pressing forward. Let's go down now to verse 24, and let's read it again. It says, but none of these things move me, nor do I count my life dear to myself. So there's another thing. So not only am I going to purpose to not let nothing move me, there's another key in here, okay? And that is this, right? I don't count my life dear to myself. Huh. Well, let's give some, uh, some understanding of that here. The New Living Translation of this verse 24 says, My life is worth nothing to me unless I use it for finishing the work assigned to me by the Lord. My life is worth nothing to me unless I use it. I like how he says that. So that's the New Living Translation. The, the Passion Translation says it this way. Now you write these things down and you can go back and look at them later. Whether I live or die is not important. For I don't esteem my life as indispensable or necessary or uh, important. That's what that word means. Now get this. This is the Passion Translation. It says, it's more important for me to fulfill my destiny and to finish the ministry my Lord Jesus has assigned to me. In other words, what he's saying here, now that's the Passion Translation. He's saying it's more important to finish. All this other stuff's going on. All right, And it's not that your life is not important to God. It's just that you can't let your life be a higher priority than doing the will of God. And that's what he's bringing out. That's what Paul says, I've settled it. My life is not the most important thing to me. What's most important to me is getting done what I got to get done, to serve the Lord and finish this thing, praise God. All right, That's what's most important, amen. And you have to come to that place if you're going to finish this. Because pretty soon, it's just like we talked about earlier, all those fear-based thoughts, all that emotional roller coaster ride, all the physical attacks that go on, if you start letting that get you, a lot of times it's all this stuff that you're thinking about your life and, man, I'm, I'm, I'm missing out or, or I'm never going to be able to this or that. or what. I mean, all those kind of things begin to hit you, and pretty soon you're backing up. But you've got to settle it. That my life is not the most important thing here. Now, God sees my life as important. And you have to be, you got to really have confidence in God about that because that's really what happened to Paul. Paul said, my life isn't what's most important. It's doing the will of God. And when he did that, God took care of him. You know, even Jesus said, my food is to finish the work of the Father and, and to get done what he sent me to do. Amen. It says that in John. And he, he brings that out. Amen. So he says, listen, I, you know, my sustenance is doing what God said. It's not about natural things. It's not about what I get out of this or get out of that. It's about fulfilling the plan of God, getting uh, what needs to get done in the things of God. Get it done, praise God. Finish the race. Get done what I got to get done, praise God. So one of those keys, amen, is you got a purpose that your life is not the priority to you. All right? that getting the will of God done, the race done, is a higher priority. That's got to be a key for you, all right? Now, here's this. The Scripture says this, and really, to me, uh, you kind of see this. Paul said this, I have fought the good fight. I have finished the race. I have kept the faith. Now, he said that at the end of his ministry. We see that in 2 Timothy 
4-7. All right, 2 Timothy 4-7. That's what he said. I have fought the good fight. I have finished the race. I have kept the faith. Amen. So we know that he purposed in his life. That's why none of these things are going to move me. That's why my life is not dear to me right now. Praise God. All that matters is getting done what I got to get done. Praise God. He settled that. And as a result of it, then, it doesn't become this temptation to quit. Praise God. I'm telling you, these are keys. Amen. The scripture says this in Revelations 12, 11. It says this, they overcame, talking about the saints of God, overcame the enemy. Okay, in fact, it all defines that if you go back there in Revelations 12. But verse 11 says, they overcame him by the blood of the lamb, by the word of their testimony. Now get this, and they did not love their lives to the death. Are you hearing me? Now, most everybody knows that verse because we first quote, you know, we overcome the enemy by the blood of the lamb. Most everybody knows that one, and, 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 and most people, yeah, that's right, the blood of the Lamb. And, 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 and what's the second one there? And uh, by the, uh, let's see, read it again, by the blood of the Lamb and by the word of their testimony. There you go, by the word of their testimony. A lot of folks say, yep, well, that's why we give testimony. That's why we, we keep telling everybody why and what God has done and what God's doing. Amen, all of that's great, but a lot of times they forget the third one, all right? And what's that again? And they did not love their lives to the death. They did not love their lives to the death. Again, it's just saying the same thing, praise God. My life wasn't the priority. Now you say, well, why, you, you know, this don't sound like a fun, a fun verse. This don't sound like a fun topic, you know. Well, I'm telling you, this is how you overcome the enemy. That's what it says. We overcome him by the blood of the lamb, by the word of our testimony, and loving not our lives even unto death. That's part of it. Now why is that, why is that a part of it? Because if your life is a priority to you, the enemy will use it every time. He'll attack you in all kinds of ways that's going to make you be uh, fearful or concerned or worry about your life. Come on now. But if your life isn't the priority, amen. Now listen, I'm telling you again, to God, your life's a priority. And you're going to probably find that there's a lot of people around you that are praying for you that because they think your life's a priority. But as far as you're concerned, it's more about getting done what needs to get done. I'm not going to worry about my life. My God's got my back, praise God. Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. See, loving your life, here we go, uh, is, is more about giving the enemy place. Okay, that's what it's about. So if you don't want to give the enemy place and you want to, you'd rather overcome him, you know, can whip him, come on now, take him down, take him out, whatever it is you're dealing with, amen, the, your own life can't be a priority. Amen. It's about getting done what you got to get done. And you'll find that God will move on your behalf, praise God. I guarantee you, you'll see him move. Amen. And you just, you know, press through all that stuff, see it all as just a doorway into, into the kingdom of God, into the, the rule, the reign, and the realm of God. You're, you're moving right, kind of, kind of in some ways, uh, like I even mentioned briefly, but uh, you see pressure is like a, um, like a portal. And if you just, if you kind of keep pressing through, it's like, it's like it, it's like it translates you into the kingdom, into the, the realm of God, the rule of God, the reign of God, the, the atmosphere and the environment of God, giving God room to move, praise God. That's exactly what begins to happen. Oh, praise God. Anyway, praise the Lord. Let's go back to verse 24. And it says this, we're going to wrap it up with this last one here. But none of these things move me, praise God. Nor do I count my life dear to myself, so that I may, so that I may, so that I may finish. Amen. So I may finish my race. But it says one thing here with, here we go, with joy. Hallelujah. 
Hallelujah. Finish my race. And he goes on and say, and the ministry, right? So in other words, if you're in ministry, whether we're just talking about your life or we're talking about you in ministry, whatever it is, it's the same. It's still how it works. Now get this. You have a cross to bear. You got a race to run. But you finish, come on, with joy. You got to have joy. Joy has got to be in the mix. Not only do you settle it, then none of these things move me. Hallelujah. No, uh, not only do you, uh, you know, settle it that, uh, uh, you know, what was the second one there about count your life? You don't count your life dear to yourself, but you got to have the joy. You got to have the joy. Are you hearing me today? Joy is key. Let's look at a few references here real quick. Hebrews 12 and 1 and 2 just says this. I'm just going to kind of jump into the middle of that verse. It says, let us run with endurance the race that is set before us. But verse 2 of Hebrews 12 says this, looking unto Jesus, the author and the finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and has sat down at the right hand of God. Amen. So anyway, the point is this, that he, because of joy that was set before him. Now, joy, I mean, is, this, is that just an emotion? No, it's not. Now, it's not like happy. The word happy is about an emotion, okay? Uh, it's about the word happy actually comes from the word happening. See, it's based on a happening. And you could be happy based on a happening, but if it ain't a good happening, you're probably not going to be happy. So we know that joy is something you got to maintain in your life. So it can't be about an emotion. Now, it'll affect your emotions. It'll affect your feelings. It'll affect your thought life. Come on, somebody. But it's not about an emotion, feeling, or just a thought, okay, or some, something that's elusive, all right? Joy is a force. In fact, we know that it's of God. Joy is divine in origin, okay? The Word says in Galatians 5 and 22 that it's part of the fruit of the Spirit. So we know it's, it comes from, amen, God. It's divine or it's of God, right? It's divine in origin. It comes from God. Amen. Nehemiah 8.10. And, you know, a wonderful, uh, you know, topic all through there. But it makes this statement, the, the joy of the Lord is your strength. The joy of the Lord, right? His joy in your life, right, is your strength. And that word strength in Nehemiah 8.10 is defined as a fortified place. It speaks of a fortress or a stronghold or rock, a defense, or get this, or a force. Joy is like a force, praise God. Years ago, as I kind of summed up stuff and defined the, the word joy, I kind of just, you know, put this together. Maybe this would uh, bless you, amen, that joy is divine strength within, arising and causing you to overcome. A powerful force to hold one steady regardless of the pressure. Joy is a force that drives back weariness and discouragement. Joy is more than just a pleasant quality or state of mind or passing emotion or feeling, but it is a constant force that affects your mind, that affects your emotions, affects your feelings, regardless of how elusive they are. Let me bring this out to you again. Joy is divine strength within Divine strength within, arising and causing one to overcome. Joy is a powerful force to hold one steady regardless of the pressure. Joy is a force that drives back weariness and discouragement. Joy is more than a pleasant quality, state of mind, passing emotion or feeling, but force, amen, but a force that affects your mind, emotions, and feelings 
Why? Because it is, amen, uh, something that's constant and not elusive. Emotions and feelings, amen, thoughts, all that stuff could be elusive. It could come, it could go, be up, be down, be in and out. But joy is constant. Now, listen, real briefly before I let you go here today, this joy thing, all right? So how do I get joy working in my life? Now, we know joy is in there if you got the Spirit of God on the inside. So we know that the joy of the Lord, you know, is there, amen, and obviously it's your strength. We just got to get it activated and working. So what are some things you can do? Well, the Scripture says in Psalm 1611, praise God, in the presence of the Lord is fullness of joy and pleasures forevermore, but fullness of joy, all right? Now, we've, we've touched on one of our sessions. We talked about uh, the presence of God and touched on these things. That's, I get that, but, but today I just want to stir it up in you again, amen. You're going to have to spend some time in the presence of God. You want the joy of the Lord stirring in you, spend some time with Him, praise God. Listen, there's always the temptation to back up and quit because of all the emotional, mental, physical things going on. So you need something to keep you rock steady on the inside. You need to keep you steadfast. You need to have joy rising up, that force of joy rising up. So what's going to keep you uh, locked on and moving forward? Well, one of them is going to be time spent in the presence of God. You're going to have to spend some time, child of God, in the presence of God. Listen, I don't care if you're in ministry or not in ministry. That's irrelevant. You're a child of God, amen, with a call of God, amen, with a cross to bear and a race to run. Come on now. So you're going to need everything you can get, praise God, from uh, help from above in order for you to finish this thing right. Amen. Praise God. And that thing's called joy, or at least one of those things is called joy. Praise God. And we know it's, uh, we find the fullness of joy in His presence. The other thing that you find in the Scriptures, in, in the Gospel of John, Jesus talked about this. In John 15, 11, He says this. He said, these things I have spoken to you. In other words, these things I'm telling you and speaking to you. Amen. He said, I'm saying these things. Why? That my joy. I love this. He said that my joy. This is what Jesus said that my joy remain in you and that your joy may be full, all right? So not only time spent in the presence of God, but he's bringing out right there the need for the word of God. You got to keep yourself in the word, amen. Do what it takes to stay in that word, amen. And if you need joy, it probably wouldn't hurt to go start reading the red, amen. One years ago, one minister that used to bless me when I was uh, just early on, uh, growing in the things of God. I think at that time, I was probably more involved in the youth ministry at that time. And he would make this comment. He said, man, I remember when I was getting started, I just read the red and pray for the power. Praise God. Read the red, pray for the power. Amen. Hallelujah. And I took that to heart, you know, and all the time when I'm kind of feeling like, you know, blah, 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 whatever, I just start reading the red and praying for the power. Praise God. But part of what happens is his joy would come within and, and build and, and, and increase and intensify, praise God, and be full on the inside. I got full of joy. Guess what? It wasn't hard to keep pressing on. didn't matter the, the, the mental pressures, the emotional pressures, the physical pressures that we're dealing with. I just kept pressing on. None of these things moved me, praise God. And I don't count my life dear to myself, amen. It's more important for me to do the will of God, hallelujah. And I got joy, 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 praise God. As a result of it, I can finish this thing, praise God. You know, when I was thinking about, uh, you know, earlier I'd mentioned even in Acts 16, and I think it's like verses 25 and 26. We see where Paul's in that Philippian jail. And they're all shackled down. Him and Silas are shackled down. 
And the word says, you know, it, it was, there was nothing pretty about what they uh, were in. And, and I guarantee you the prisons they were in are nothing like the prisons you see of today. I'm telling you, man, there wasn't no TV in the other room. They had TV time and they go play, you know, uh, you know some uh, game outside or something. There wasn't nothing of that, man. They were shackled down in some dungeon. We got rats. We got sewage. We got everything else that you would think, man, nobody going to live through this. But that's what they were in. But you know what they started doing? They began to praise God, to worship God, man. And they were, the word says they were doing it loud enough that everybody down there was hearing it, man. They weren't being quiet about it. But the word said they began to rejoice. Amen. They fire up that joy because they began to just worship God and praise God. And when they did praise the Lord, all of a sudden that jail began to shake. Praise God. The shackles fell off. The doors popped open. Praise God. And we got us a move of God. Hallelujah. And why? Because men began to worship God. Amen. Begin to give their time to God because their life didn't matter to them. Come on, somebody. And none of these things were going to move them. Praise God. They got joy, unspeakable. Hallelujah. Rising up on the inside. And as a result of it, praise God, they finished what they had to finish. Praise God. And for that, I give God praise. And I hope you got something today. Father, we give praise and glory for this. Thank you for a people of God that had an ear to hear, a heart to receive. Thank you, Lord God, the eyes of our understanding enlightened. Lord, I thank you. We're a people, praise God, hallelujah, that are going to finish our race, praise God, and finish it with joy, hallelujah. Not moved by these things, not caught up in everything else, not letting our lives be the priority, but Lord, letting your will and your ways and your uh, leadings and biddings be the, the thing that drives us forward. And for that, we give you praise. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. I call you blessed. Thanks for listening. If you'd like to watch the video of this message, head over to vimeo.com forward slash WO Victory or go to Jerry Roberts Ministry on Roku. For more information about who we are and what we do here at Order Victory, check out the website at wovictory.org. That's wovictory.org. See you there.